Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Hour number two, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Football Frenzy Edition. Greg Sussman, Frankie Stample hanging out with you. Do we have Jim Dave Bavona? We don't have a gym day yet. All right, that's okay. That's okay. We have two of us, Frankie. Just the two of us, Greggy. We can make it if we try. Just two of us. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the Goon Squad's gonna like that. Probably not. We'll try our best. That's all we can do. We'll try our best, Greg. We're gonna get Jim Day on. We'll try our best. Um, Let's hope so. We hope. Um, <laughs> Jim's definitely in the YouTube chat. I'm talking to him about um, all kind of fish that you can eat, crustaceans, and you know. Shrimp and lobster and salmon. Do you like any of those things, Greg? I like shrimp. Because this should be revealed to the audience. I mean, it's only going to hate the goon. It's only going to make the goon squad hate you even more. Most likely, yeah. Greg is not a fan Mm. of bacon or chocolate. I like M&M's, to be fair. You've got some explaining to do. What do you want? You have, how do you not like chocolate? You like M&M's. Makes no sense. Makes very little sense, yeah. That makes no sense. I know. Like chocolate milk? No. What? No. This is almost as bad as Florio not liking peanut butter a couple years ago. He also doesn't like oranges. Or anything orange. Like orange juice is a staple. I like orange juice. But no bacon. No pork. Oh, uh, well. What, did you have like a bad experience or something? Did you, did no. you eat like some uncooked bacon or something? That No. I just don't like the taste of bacon at all. And no. It's also coming from a guy who likes IPAs, so. IPAs are delicious, Frank. Let's be fair about that. Nah. IPAs are fantastic. And very excited to have one like at home this evening, actually. I'm going to pour a nice one out of my fridge. It's going to be, be nice. delicious. Sober January for me. Oh, it is. I forgot. We I'm headed sorry. out to Jersey. I forgot. I'm, I'm sitting in a bar and not drink while I place my bets. <laughs> True story. Last week, I, I, the I, I go out to Jersey. No. I go out to Jersey and uh, I'm making my bets. And I thought I was going to order food. I'm also not eating carbs in the month of January, so there's well, nothing. Stand up for the goon squad. There's nothing I can eat. Hey, can you stand up for the goon squad? I want everyone to see how, how how you look. You've lost a lot of weight. It looks great. I haven't lost any. Yeah, you have. Look at you. You're slimmer. Haymarket whiskey bar. My mom brought this shirt back from Haymarket Whisper Bar. Yes, precisely. It was uh, it was in Kentucky. In Kentucky, she was in a bar. She asked me if I want a shirt. I was like, Yeah, sure. I love getting shirts from random bars. Mm-hmm. It's like a pretty cool wardrobe. Anyway, I went to Jersey last week. I uh, couldn't order food. I couldn't drink beer. Right. So I order a water. Yeah. And I just tip the bartender like five bucks. I'm like, hey, do you mind if I just sit here? Sure. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bother anybody. She's like, yeah. People come in here and make bets all the time. I was like, all right, yeah. But I just, you know, I didn't want to be a patron who doesn't order anything. I feel like that's not right. So I gave a five bucks tip. Anything? Very nice of you. Because I would have done it, but that was very nice of you. Yeah, you, no, there's no way you're doing it. 
Um, kickball season starts, Gregory, Gregory Castillo is asking right. this. Uh, kickball season is more of a summer thing, so it'll start probably in like uh, June, I expect. Greg, football. Oh, I'm talking about kickball. Now. No, let's talk about football. All right, well, if you want to talk about football, we should talk, about, we talk, we should talk to Jim Day about football. Jim Day joins the, well, his show, his <laughs> football frenzy right now. What's up, Jim? Hey, guys, how you doing? You don't like bacon or chocolate? No. What the hell? Yeah, I know. But I really I like prosciutto a lot. Huge oh, I love prosciutto, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love prosciutto. Yeah. But Greg is like an enigma because he tells us he doesn't like pork, but then he likes prosciutto, but doesn't love like bacon. Prosciutto. hate bacon. But doesn't like chocolate, right. but likes M&M's. So I guess I... So like, where are you on the spectrum, <laughs> Greg? Like, you make no sense. So I think if it's like milk chocolate, I guess I like it more than like a real dark chocolate. Like, you know what? That doesn't make sense to me either because you like IPA beers, <laughs> yes. which are bitter. Yeah. And dark chocolate is very bitter. I don't like very dark beers either, to be fair. Like the darker the beer... Oh, I you're like. an IPA, IPA guy? Love IPAs. Ah, there you go. I'm a Belgian white guy. For, oh, that's cool. For the most part, myself. I like that, too. I well, at least nice we're Belgian hitting white. all spectrums of, like, the, the beer. Frank just like this cheap crap. That's yeah, what he likes. Uh, I, can't I, like, tr- I can't drink this It's water. Crap. It's literally <laughs> just made of water. You know what? That's why I need Corey here to help defend me. Corey's a Coors Light guy. Yes. So me and uh, Corey can drink- sit back and drink a nice little, he'll have his Coors Light, I'll have my oh. Bud Light or my Heineken oh. Light. And I'll enjoy myself this is disgusting. very much. Why bother? Belgian white. So, <laughs> so what do you you like? Uh, like Blue Moon and oh, Blue Moon's nice. Yeah, yeah, that, that's okay. But if if I'm talking to real Belgian white, I'm talking something like Delirium Tremens. I like which Delirium. Which should be my favorite beer of all time. Delirium's great. This is crazy. Oh, I love Delirium. We're all over the place here because I've tried that once. A draft, a draft Deliriums as well, uh, and in a bar, and I hated it. It was so bad, but those things will knock I, you back, I, Jim. Those things are like eight percent alcohol. I toured, uh, I toured their plant when I was over in Belgium and, and got to drink it fresh right out of the tap. It was the greatest beer I ever had. That is awesome. Did you have any French fries with that in Belgium? No, not at that point. No, <laughs> oh, that's a mistake. I love French fries. That's another thing I love, Frank. I could eat endless amounts of French fries. We got the YouTube chat talking about Natty Lights right now. That, oh, God. that means Jim Ross oh, must be around on. somewhere. I drank so many Natty Lights. Natty Light? Heck yes. I drank so many Natty Lights in college that if I never have a Natty Light again, it'll be too soon. Oh, my God. I, I, used to work, I used to work at a liquor store, and actually where I met my wife. Um, and uh, the, the owner there loved me. So every week at the end of the week, he'd say, you can take a free case of beer home with you. Well, I wasn't going to take Budweiser or Coors. <laughs> I was like, come on, are you kidding me? So every week I took home a case of Heineken. <laughs> and Heineken for the longest time became my drink of choice over. But since then, it's really turned more towards the Belgians. I, I like Stella Artois. You know, it, you know like those Stella. are just yep. easy light beers that aren't light beers like that crap you guys are talking about. Oh, just, we're just mentioning it. You know. <laughs> so, so Jim met his wife while working in the liquor store. Is that correct, Jim? Yeah, we were both working there. Oh, that's very cool. I met my fiance in a bar. Oh, wow. Very Wasted, so sure. both alcohol related. I met my fiance at, at camp. <laughs> well, you know, I was hoping that we we could find like a common theme here. Oh, because hopefully, you're talking and, about quite a few years ago. Uh, it was, uh, well, yes, she's much younger than okay. me as well. She's, she's much <laughs> younger than me to, to be fair. Um, I need to think about, about you being at camp last year. I was not camp last year, Jim. I was working here <laughs> last year. Greg, okay, uh, Greg's a supervisor say. in the summers. I have not, I have not been classes. at camp in 11 years. That's okay. Yeah, 
Good. Um, I was trying to find a common theme. You know? I, I've we been out of high school for 40. You've been out of high school for 40 years. I've been yeah, high, this is my 40th year reunion. I've been out of high school for 12 years. Uh, this is Very actually going to be my 10 year reunion. Nice. Out of high nice. School. nice. Nice. Are you, are you my sister, Sage? We're, no. all over, we're all over the map. No, you're, you're younger than my sister, right? Okay, um, Jim, we broke down the games uh, last hour, and I want to get into the mock draft a little bit now, um, but if you want to get your thoughts, because obviously this is your final chance to talk about the games, where your head's at. I know you've been talking about it with Corey all week long. Um, where is your head at this weekend? Really all four games, if you want to just kind of go from game to game, your picks, what you're thinking, DFS, who you like, just start somewhere and we'll chime in. Okay, well, let's let's start with the Saturday games. Indy at KC. Uh, you know, the minus five spread, 57-point total. I think the over-under is the, the best bet in the entire week in this game because I think you're, we're going to approach 70 points easily in this one. So I really love love the over uh, 57. Um, I just think at this point in time, Casey, you know, it, I I can't give five points to the Colts. I just can't. The way Colts are playing right now, they're just all around a, a solid team at, at all angles at this point. Casey, look, we know what they can do offensively, but if you get pressure on Mahomes, and that's going to be the hardest part for India. They haven't had a great season of getting pressure, but if you can get pressure on Mahomes, that's when you can force him to make some mistakes. I'm taking Indy in this one. Uh, give me the points, and I, I'll actually save you some. I, I'm taking the points with all four teams in this this weekend. All four, uh, I just, all four underdogs, okay. Yeah, I'm taking all four underdogs. I think, you know, the Dallas game, they're just giving them too much points. Um, and same thing with the Philly game with the way Foles is playing. And they're going to throw the ball a ton in this one. So I like that. Um, go back to the Indy game. Look, you know, last week everybody got burned by playing Naheem Hines. and Then they didn't need him because the, the game got to an early lead. And then they just kept running Mac right down their throat killing time so they didn't use Hines this is going to be a week where it's going to be all hands on deck they're going to need everybody they're going to have to spread that offense around and keep trying to score points so I think Hines is a, a real good play this week a good value screw uh, that Naheem Hines thing after last week where I plugged <laughs> him in there I believed in it for every reason you're mentioning a straight up zero yep, I could have won but this is uh, but, that, but that's, that's what makes him that's such a great work. play Right, that's going to work to your advantage this week because everybody else is thinking the same thing. Mm -hmm. So he's going to be very lowly owned. And I'm telling you, they're going to need him this week. He's going to be involved in the passing game. So I, I like him. Um, you know, when you look at Kansas City, I mean, you you got Damian Williams, who I, I think is, is is great value this week on, on DraftKings at only 5,100. To me, that's one of the best plays. I, I got him in a lot of lineups this week because I think he's going to be able to do a lot against this Indy defense, both running and catching the ball, and I don't think they can really keep up with that. So I like him a lot. Um, you know, and, and everybody's on Kelsey. You know, of course, that's going to be probably one of the biggest, you know, chalk plays of the week is Kelsey. And, and I get it. There's really, you know, when Kelsey Ertz and Ebron make up the big trio this week. If you don't want to pay up for them, which, you know, I get if you want to get other chalk other way then you you got to look elsewhere and you know the one i'm looking at if i'm not going well there's two i'm looking at if i don't want to go with the big three this week one is i'm going to go with gronk maybe one last time in a few dfs lineups just because it's a big game and he's going to step up and then the other one is gerald everett you know he's seeing targets i think he's had what six targets a game in three out of the last four weeks um you know and you know it's not somebody you can count on but it at his cost of 2900 gives you a lot of room to get chalk elsewhere. So I like that. Um, so again, I like Indy taking the points. Dallas Rams, 
look, the Rams, they, you know, I, I love Sean McVay, and I think he's going to come up with something different on offense this week because they have to. The last month of the season, defenses took away the deep passes and basically shut them down, kept everything in front of them, and Rams had a m- much harder time trying to score that way. I think we see the same thing from Dallas. So Sean McVay is still going to come up with some wrinkles, but Dallas is playing too good. Uh, you know, everybody wants to make a big deal of the fact that they're on the road. I, I'm not making that big a deal of it. They're playing good now. It really comes down to me whether or not the real Dak Prescott shows up. Do we get the Dak who's making mistakes, fumbling the ball and throwing to the wrong people? Or do we get the Dak who comes in and starts making clutch plays? I'm hoping it's the latter. Um, I, I think they got a strong team across the board and the Rams are struggling. So I, I think I'm going to take Dallas that way. Um, you know, as far as sleepers in this game, you know, I, I don't know. Who, who do you really call a sleeper in this game? Um, you know, I'm not really going into any of the wide receivers for Dallas except Cooper. Um, Jarwin's beat up, so it's kind of hard to trust him. At this point, he's questionable, may not even play. So, you know, very tough there. Uh, on the other side of boy, ball, I already talked about Gerald Everett being a play. Uh, Josh Reynolds is also in play at his cost. So, you know, these are all just lower names that give you a chance to chalk up where you want to chalk up. But uh, I, I like Dallas here. I, the seven and a half points, I think, is too much, uh, and I think Dallas covers that. Uh, let's go to Chargers yeah, against... Jim, I'll, jump in, I'll jump in there real quick. Uh, I, I felt like I was on a soliloquy. <laughs> I was like looking at Frank like, and Jimmy wanted Day, to chime the, in. The monologue. Jim Day. The monologue. <laughs> no, no, that. The monologue edition of the fantasy football friends. Well, he told me to rip it off. So I uh, wanted you to rip it off. So you were doing a great job. You were doing a great yeah. job. Yeah, I almost, I almost felt like letting you go the entire way there. But uh, I wanted him to. I, I did. Uh, I, I wanted to jump in here. I, you know, one of the biggest questions is going to be because you can't afford both. You're going to have to decide between Gurley and Zeke. And we spoke about this a little bit in the previous hour with the BFFs. Uh, there's both pros and cons to both guys. Um, obviously, with Todd Gurley, he has oh, whoa, much. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. I got one question to that. What's the con with Zell- Elliot? If they fall behind. I don't think that matters. Elliot's going to be involved in the game plan, whether they're behind the head, even. I, I don't think that matters at all. I, if they're behind, I just think he gets more involved in the play cast- catching, which we love anyway. So, I, yeah, I, I have no cons whatsoever with Elliott this week at all. I think he's going to have a monster game, touch the ball at least 30 times. Um, I, I think if you want to put a, you know, a con, then it's Gurley just because of the fact that, you know, he's coming off the injury, not maybe not 100%. But even then, they're, they're saying he's been practicing fully all week and he should be good to go. I think both of these guys are good. It really comes down to which, you know, game script you think is going to happen. Yeah, and that's that's what it comes down to is trying to predict game script, and that's what we try to do all season long. I mean, it's just it's magnified now because there's only four games left. Uh, I I think that there's a little bit more to worry about Zeke uh, if they do fall, you know, if they come out and they're down 14 zip in the first quarter, or you know, even worse than that. Uh, then that that's been the you know what a lot of people have said about the Cowboys this week is if they fall behind early, do they have enough to get back in the game against the Rams? So. That's just one concern that I have. So I was gonna th- I, the question I was gonna ask you is: It's hard to get both of these guys in your lineup if you were leaning one way between Zeke and Gurley. It sounds like you like Zeke more. I just think Zeke is safer here, um, just because of the injury. I, I like both of them too, but I am leaning a little bit towards Zeke just because I'm not worried about the injury element with Zeke. Uh, and and I agree with you. I said that uh, on the BFS today. I. I I would take uh, I would take Zeke over Gurley. I think there's a little bit more to worry about in terms of uh, the injury risk. 
that that knee, I think, you know, and Greg references, I think that knee is a little bit more serious than they kind of let on at first. Uh, otherwise, why else would they rest him for the next three weeks? Sure. I, I had props in both of the games that you mentioned, Jim. I'll throw them at you just to get your thoughts, see if you like them as well, uh, so that we can make the uh, the audience feel better about them if they do want to bet them. I have Robert Woods, the over on the reception total at 5.5. And, and then in the first game you mentioned, I have Travis Kelsey over 6.5 receptions. The Colts allowed the most receptions to tight ends this year. And then I have Marlon Mack over 74.5 rushing yards. Okay. Well, I love the Kelsey one. I think that's a guarantee. Uh, you know, Colts are going to try and come up with a game plan for him. But as soon as you come up with a game plan for him, Tyree kills killing you on the other side. Um, so, yeah, I think he's going to hit that mark. As, as far as Woods, I mean, man, that that's like right on the number for me. It could be five, could be six easily. One of those two numbers. I just, man, um, I probably wouldn't touch that bet, to be honest with you. Uh, I know a lot of people think that the over is probably a great bet, but, man, I, I just don't see it. It could easily go both ways, especially if Brandon Cook gets involved early and is having a good game. So, yeah, I think that that's a tight one for me. Marlon Mack, and this is, this is the one where you have to be concerned with Marlon Mack is, you know, do they get to, you know, behind early? And if they do, then they go away from him and definitely go into Hines. But I'm not sure they do. So I think Mack is a good bet to go over that. All right, we take a break. I will let Jim finish his soliloquy on the other side of the Sunday games, giving us his picks. I will bring you down the mock draft as well. Whole lot more coming. Fantasy Football Frenzy, hosted by your BFFs, right after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-215-1727. 800-215-1727. That's 800-215-1727. It's popping off. Men in Black International, which isn't technically the direct sequel, but it is a new sequel. After seeing the teaser trailer, I'm pretty in on this because not only do they give the nod to the original Men in Black guys, which I'm still hoping that maybe one or both of them... Cameo. Yeah, cameo in it. Also, Chris Helmsworth looks like he's going to be pretty good at it. He'll be fine. It actually has both characters from uh, Thor Ragnarok in it. Thor and Valkyrie. Watch live on the FNTSY YouTube stream.
Wild card weekend in the books. Divisional playoff weekend is here and it begins tomorrow at 4 p.m. ish Eastern. The Colts, the Chiefs. It should be fun. You heard the picks from Jim just a little while ago. Should we get into Sunday, Frank, with Jim Dan? Yes. All right, Jim. Ask Jim's permission. I'm asking your permission. <laughs> I'm allowed to do that. Jim, what are you thinking about Sunday, buddy? Okay, let's go over to the Chargers in New England. Look, you know, everybody's pointing to the fact that, you know, Rivers never won in New England and all that other stuff, and it's Brady, it's Belichick. I don't care. I don't care. They're not the same team this year. I don't care. Chargers are a better team across the board. Every In every facet of the game, they are playing better this this uh, this year. And I just, look, I, again, I'm, I said it in preseason. They're going to the Super Bowl. I'm sticking with it. I think they go into New England and take this game rather handily. I love the points. I'm taking the points all over. I think the over is a good bet here, too. Uh, lowest you know, total on the slate at 47. I think we go back, way past that. In this one, so I like the over in this one. Uh, as far as players, I mean, yeah, everybody's going to give me crap, but I, I like Mike Williams in this one. Um, I, I think New England's going to do everything they can to take Keenan Allen out of the game. Let's I think Mike not, Williams Jim. comes up big. Um, well, I, I hope not either, Rick. <laughs> Very possible, though. Um, I like Mike Williams to step up, have a couple big plays, definitely get in the end zone, I, I think, uh, is a good play there. Uh, as far as New England goes, I, I mean, if New England wins this game, it's going to be a lot of it's going to be on Sony Michelle grinding out, you know, going over 100 yards, scoring a touchdown, maybe two. It, that's the way New England's going to win this game. They're not going to win it through the air. Uh, Brady has not looked like the same Brady all year. Short throws, errant throws, just things we're not used to seeing from him. Now, this is playoffs, and maybe that goes away, but based on what we've seen all year, I can't say that just goes away because he's Tom Brady. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, every year we call, oh, maybe it's the end for Tom Brady, and I get that. But this year, I've never seen him look as bad as we've seen him look this year in, in some of those games. He was just downright dreadful. Um, I like the Chargers. They're playing good. I think this is the year I think Anthony Lynn has them moving in a great direction, playing great football, and I think he just comes up with a really good game plan against this offense. So I like these guys. Um, as far as players here me, that come into play, yeah, right, go ahead. So, no, go, continue. I was just going to say, you know, what you said, you're kind of on the same, certainly sounds like train as you and I are, Frank, that when you put these two teams on the field, Chargers are better. Like, their minds anyway. If you just look at the talent, what the numbers say here, you know, you match up the positions, it seems like it's a no-brain that the Chargers are better. But for whatever reason, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady they intimidate opponents just based on like the mystique of playing in Foxborough in the month of January. Look, it's hard to deny that, you know, the success that they've had there. But for all the reasons that Jim mentioned and what we talked about in the previous show is if you just look at the matchups and the numbers, the Chargers, what I said, Jim, is if you strip both teams down and you just look at the talent, the Chargers should be favored in this game. Yeah, but it is the New England mystique. And, and hey, and look, they've earned it. Yeah, they've earned it. They've yeah. earned it. There's no doubt about it. They've had the best run we've seen probably forever from a football team. No doubt about any of that. Um, and they are home. I get that. They're, everybody earlier in the week was, oh, my God, it's going to be snowing. The sky is falling. Oh, my God, the Chargers can't win in the snow. Oh, get over it, people. It's not even going to be snowing game time now. So they'll have the field clear. It'll be fine. Get over it. Um, and. 
Chargers have done great coming to the East Coast, playing the, the early games. So there's that. So, you know, just get over that line of thinking. These guys know what they're playing for. And, you know, they didn't get the trophy and, you know, 200 plus thousand dollars wheeled into their locker room to get them howl hyped. They, they didn't need to. They went out and beat a good Baltimore team and did it rather handily last week. Um, you know, so that got them where they need to be at this point. I just think overall they're a better team. And I just don't see the you know, Patriots coming out. I think Lynn has, comes up with a great plan of putting pressure on Brady. And look, let's face it, that, that's how you beat Brady. You got to get in his face, have him you know, uncomfortable in that pocket. As soon as he's uncomfortable in that pocket, he starts to make mistakes. And that's what I think they do to him. So I, I like the Chargers a lot in that one. And you mentioned, uh, and then, uh, I'm going to go in here. Jim, you mentioned that uh, the Chargers were your preseason pick to make the Super Bowl out of the AFC, correct? Yes. Uh, who did you have in the Super Bowl overall? Uh, Rams and the Chargers. Total LA wow. game. My man. My man, Jim Day. I actually have I have both of those tickets preseason in my house right now. So do I. So do I. Actually, <laughs> I, I put some money on them myself. That's one of I the good we things about living forever. in New Jersey. <laughs> Jim, this is, yeah, this is why you're part of our show. This makes sense. <laughs> uh, you guys sing too much. Um, <laughs> you air drum too much. <laughs> well, I love to air drum. Yeah, we we love to sing. We're missing do, a drummer. That's do, all we need. Do, 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 do. See, he's got yeah, it. You sound great, Jim. You sound great. <laughs> Perfect. I think you fit right in. I think he already does. I really do. All right. Um, I'm really hoping Keenan Allen has a big game. I kind of need him to, as everybody knows. You have him in your playoff we have contest. Him in the playoff, right? We have him in the playoff contest. It was Our entire strategy is built around Keenan Allen. So. It works. Yeah, we have, look. We haven't really talked much about Hunter Henry. I guess I'll throw that one yeah, to you, Jim. Like, good job. how much do you expect from him? He's gonna play in this game. My thinking is maybe he only plays fifteen to twenty snaps. Maybe all of those snaps come in the red zone, so he has a shot to score a touchdown. It's just so hard to know how much you're gonna use him. I'll also throw another player prop your way. I like James White over four and a half receptions in this game. The Chargers allowed the fourth most receptions to running backs this year. He had eighty-seven receptions. On the season, a lot of that was front-loaded in the first half of the year. I do understand that. But the way to beat the pass rush is to get rid of the ball quickly, throw it to the running back, and, and we've seen Tom Brady lean on him in the playoffs before. So I like James White, over four and a half receptions. Let us know what you think about that. And like, you're going to have any shares of Hunter Henry? I'm not going to have any shares of Hunter Henry. I'm, I'm sorry. All the reports from the beat writers are, yeah, he's practicing. He still doesn't look very fluid. You know, he's going to be on a you know snap count, all those things. You know, he, look, he's going to be a playmaker in this league. I, I think people trying to get him in this week, you know, I, I didn't even look and see what his cost is on DraftKings, to be honest with you. I just don't have a lot of faith in him from what I'm seeing from the beat writers. He, sure, he could you know go out there and catch two passes, one of them be for a touchdown, the other one be for 10 yards, and that might be all you see out of him. Uh, I, I just, you know, if you want to take a flyer on him, then I can't blame you. I mean, tight end's been so abysmal. Who knows? Uh, if you don't want to pay up for the, the big three this week, then, you know, why not take a shot on him? He's probably just as good to bet as anybody else. All right. That, so, so there you go. Hunter Henry, like, if I was doing multiple lineups, Frankie, I feel like I'd be interested. And, and I know I was talking talk about him last week. Hunter Henry's $2,800 on DraftKings, which I know it sounds like you play more there, Jim, correct? Yeah, I, I do, just because I like the full point PPR. Mm -hmm. All right, so he's 2,800 just in, in comparison to some other tight ends. Uh, Travis Kelsey's 7,000, okay. which it's going to be hard. Look, it's going to be hard to get him in your lineup on DraftKings. While, you know, we've already talked about the over for the reception prop, like he's going to catch a lot of balls. 
in this game, but 7000 on DraftKings is just a, a big price to play when you have Zach Ertz $1,500 cheaper. Uh, Zach Ertz $1,300 cheaper. You have Ebron $1,500 cheaper. Um, Jim also referenced uh, Gronkowski, who has $4,600. So, I mean, it's just it's very hard to get him in there at that price, Jim. No, I, and I agree, but, you know, depending on how you set up your, your lineup, there are some good low-cost plays this week, or at least seem like good low-cost plays this week. As of now, we'll know uh, after Sunday if they really were. But um, So, you know, there's a few. I actually have a lineup that I have uh, Mahomes and Kelsey in uh, and still was able to fit in T.Y. Hilton and uh, a couple other guys. So, you know, you can do it, but you really got to juggle with the low-cost guys and take some shots that way. And, you know, hey, that's a part of playing DFS. You, you want to be the one who, who takes that long shot that hits. I'm going to guess that lineup is the one that has Naheem Hines, huh, Jim? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> exactly. As a, exactly. As a matter of fact, um, here, but, well, here, I'll give it to you real quick. Uh, let's see. I got Mahomes. I got uh, Damian Williams. I got Hines. I got Hilton. I got Ted Gidden Jr. I got Julian Edelman, Travis Kelsey, Todd Gurley at flex, and then the Cowboys defense. And I think this is a good segue, Greg, because we've been talking – the past two hours, how do you save money in DFS this week? One name has been Naheem Hines that Jim Day has brought up. One name that we brought up was Josh Reynolds as well. Look, he's touchdown dependent. It is what it is, but he plays in a very high-powered off- uh, high offense with the Rams. The one name that we didn't get to the previous hour that Jim just mentioned was Ted Ginn. Yes. And I think Ted Ginn is very, very interesting. Only $4,500 on FanDuel. He's super cheap. Played 40% of the snaps in Week 16. He didn't play in Week 17 at all because they rested some of the starters. But he had eight targets. He had eight targets. Eight targets and only playing 20% of the snaps. 20% share, eight targets on 40% of the snaps in week 16. And then they held him out week 17 to make sure he gets fully healthy. So he's had to buy a week. So he should be as good to go as he can be. Plus, the last time New Orleans played Philly, I mean, I know it was a big blowout and all that crap. But Traquan Smith playing in the same role had 13 targets, 10 receptions, 157 yards, and a touchdown. Mm. Um, you know what? I like Ted Ginn this week. I have him in a lot of my DFS lineups. I think they're going to use him down the field a lot to try and keep that defense back. Yeah, and I'm with Jim on this one. I think there are four names that stick out as like the salary saver players. It's Ted Ginn, Josh Reynolds, Naheem Hines. Jim likes him a little bit more than Greg does. <laughs> uh, but uh, And then there's also Damian Williams, who I still think is just like underpriced on both sides. Uh, Oh, I agree. He's only $6,100 on DraftKings. $6,100. You do have to pay attention to the injury news. Spencer where it's questionable. No, you don't. No, you don't. You, th- you no, think you he's don't. good no matter what? Absolutely no, you don't. Huh? Spencer Ware is a backup. He's going back to the role he had when Hunt was there. That's what he's playing. Damian Williams is the guy. He's going to get the lion's share to carries. Spencer Ware means nothing. Love it. Look, they just gave him an extension for a reason, right? Spencer so, Ware, no, Spencer no, Ware no, is slated no, to be no, an unrestricted no. free agent. We Greg. had this conversation already. Well, if this also could lead into the, the mock, mock draft. draft. We got to talk about the Saints game. We can get the rest of Jim's thoughts Agreed. on the Saints and Eagles. But Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, just took Damian Williams in the third round yep. in this mock draft. Yep. And we'll get to that. We will. But you seem to be you seem to have a completely different train of thought. I might be closer to where you're at. But there are people. <laughs> That think that Damian Williams might be the starter next year. He won't be. He will be. He won't be. He will be. We we disagree. <laughs> we do. We agree to disagree. Yeah, we we, we, we we disagree for sure. I don't want to agree to disagree. You guys are wrong. 
No, I mean that, that that's fine. Let's I, I throw just, down some odds. What are the odds? Yeah, the I, I odds? just think his contract, Jim, like it's, it's a contract for a backup. That all they're doing is guaranteeing they'll be on the team next year. And whether it's through the draft or signing somebody, I'm not saying that to sign Le'Veon Bell or you know signing somebody, they're going to be a starter next year. I think Damian Williams will be the backup. I think Spencer Ware will be on a different team, and that'll be it. No, I d- totally. They'll bring somebody in because they will get rid of where. I agree with you. Damian Williams is going to start for that team, and they got him at a ridiculously low cost while giving him an upgrade, and he's happy with. So I, I think they made the smart move all around. Look, he gives them exactly what they need at running back in this offense, a guy who can you know run inside, run outside, and also a guy who can catch the ball everywhere across the field. They can put him in any position, run him out into the slot. Heck, they can put him out wide if they want to. This kid has all the talent in the world for what they want to do. There's no reason to go out there and pay big money for another running back when you have this kid playing as well as he is. You know what we haven't mentioned yet today, Greg? And Jim. We haven't mentioned Adam Gase. Baby. Just another name in the <laughs> feather of the cap of Adam Gase. He let him go. He didn't use him. He didn't get the most out of him. Same thing with Kenyon Drake. Just these are there are more examples of players going to other teams and Do you like do you like Greg selling? Do you like Greg Williams? You happy with that? Did that officially happen? Yeah. Oh, did it officially happen? I was waiting. I hadn't seen that either. Yeah, it looks like all the defensive coordinators are kind of falling into place with uh, Vance Joseph in Arizona. Um, I believe Steve Wilkes may be headed to Cleveland, and Greg Williams is about to sign with the Jets. Nice. That's a great signing for the Jets. A lot of personality there. Adam Gase yeah. and <laughs> Adam Gase and The Gase thing I don't get. I, I, I don't get Gase. I don't I don't get the fact that uh what what the heck is his name? Logan's Logan Logan's is, is well Logan's, yeah. Yeah, as we found out yesterday. They're they're talking talking about, you know, head coaching opportunities for this guy. For what? To be mediocre, that's all he's ever been on the offense. He's never had an offensive standout team in, in any point in his, his career. I mean, I, man, I don't get it. I, again, this is one of those points where they're really stretching it, trying to get a new Sean McVay. At least Sean McVay had, had some talent. Yeah, I, I don't know how his name is in the same conversation. Jim, you might be more equipped, and it, it's not a knock on you, Greg. You might you might be more, more equipped to answer this question. When did this start becoming a thing where – People are getting head coaching jobs based on nothing that they've done. They're they're getting they're getting head coaching jobs based on the potential of what they could do. And, but, but that's Matt it. LaFleur, that's right there. But, but Matt Lafleur hasn't it, done anything either. Like Matt Lafleur is coaching I, I the agree. Packers I'm and crazy. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and didn't do anything with the Titans' offense this year. Adam Gase was terrible <laughs> at, at producing offense with the Miami Dolphins. Say what you want, he didn't have enough weapons. But the one thing he's supposed to do, you're supposed to find ways to create offense with the weapons that you're given. And he's if he's this big innovative mind and QB whisperer, then why couldn't he get the most out of the weapons that he had in Miami? That, like, that's what I want to ask. Jim, when did this start becoming a thing? Like, is there a, like, what was the time frame in NFL history when people started getting head coaching jobs based on the potential of what they could do rather than, you know, them actually producing offense and then bringing that play, that coach in and saying, we want you to turn our offense around and be the head coach. When did that happen? Head, head coaching hiring has always been a trend-driven you know, thing. It, it's always been that way. You know, For years, it was the name that drove people to want to get head coaches. And whether they were any good where they were, if the name was big, they wanted them. And we've seen that for years. And that's what we're you know, now going away from. Look, it's all you know, cyclical. It, it's going to change again. Once the defenses start catching up to these new offensive gurus, 
uh, then it's going to change again at another point. But right now, they are trying to, you know, hit that star, trying to get that one guy that comes in, you know, that young guy that wants to bring something new and innovative. That's exactly what they're looking for right now because that's the way the NFL is playing. You know, all the top defenses in the league are out of the playoffs. And, and that's exactly right. Everyone's trying to find the, the next Sean McVay. What if there just is not a next Sean McVay? Matt Nagy, well, has, done, probably isn't. Matt, Matt Nagy has done a fine impression of Sean McVay. He hasn't done it to the level that Sean McVay yeah, 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 not, not, yeah, not even close. Um, uh, not yet. And maybe he gets there, but not even close yet. Um, but the one thing, I, I, you know, with this is that, you know, they're trying to, to bring in those new offenses because that's, that's the way the NFL is going. But when you bring in a guy like LaFleur who has no, you know, history at this and really no history of being a good one in anything um, – and then give him four years? To me, that's ludicrous. Right now, because they owe uh, McCarthy $9 million from 2019, they, they're paying LaFleur $5 million. They got $14 million invested in a head coach. Uh, to me, that's ludicrous. You want to talk about teams wasting money? Right there is wasting money. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. Um, but I don't want to agree with where you are, Frank, saying that there, maybe there is no next Sean McVay. Because there's always there's always the next somebody, right? Like, I'm not saying no, there's going to be the next person who does their own thing. Like it's not going to be the next Sean McVay. It's going to be the next person who does something different, and then we're going to be looking for that person. That's how it works. But it's not going to be the next Sean McVay. Like like Jim said, it might be the the next person that comes in and finds something innovative to do on the defensive side of the football, and then everyone's going to try and find that person. Well, it's not going to be the next Sean. I'm sure you saw what Dan Orlovsky did about Matt Eberflus's defense this week, where they showed man and it was all zone. And it was like crazy. Yeah, maybe Matt Eberflus is like the, a head coach somewhere next year, and then everyone's trying to find the next Matt Eberflus. Maybe so. That might be it. Maybe so. We take a break here. We come back. Let's go to the mock draft. Can we have the last 20 minutes of the program? Well. Do we have to? We'll get the we'll get the Eagles uh, Eagles Saints. We still got to get. I tried an experiment that didn't work. We're taking a break. We'll be back after this. The morning after. There's no quarterback advantage for your boy BDN against Drew Brees, Michelle. I know. You're going to need a miracle. That's like, kind of what we had last year in the playoffs, though. Do you remember Cinderella? Cinderella, she, well, goes she to lost the her glass slipper. Well, she loses it, and then she has to find it, and if she finds it by midnight, she'll find her prince, I believe it is. I thought, like, she got kicked out by security. Uh, At midnight, they're like, you gots to go. Anyways, so Nick Foles has been Cinderella. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Hi, I'm Keith Urban. I believe every child is entitled to a complete and inspiring education. Music education programs in our schools help kids learn, socialize, gain confidence, and stay in school. They need your help to survive. The Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation gives school music programs the instruments they need to make this opportunity available to every student who wants to play. With your help, we can keep music alive in our schools and give all kids the education they deserve. Visit mhopus.org now to find out how you can help. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Fantasy. Who did you have in the Super Bowl overall? Rams and the Chargers. Total LA game. Wow. 
I have both of those tickets preseason in my house right now. So do I. This is why you're part of our show. This makes sense. Yeah, yeah you guys sing too much. <laughs> you air drum too much. Well, I love the air drum. We, we love to sing. We're missing a drummer. That's all we need. See, he's got it. You sound great, too. You sound great. Perfect. I think you fit right in. I think he already does. Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. I don't know. I don't know about this, Jim Day. Better music on this show. <laughs> this is a real draft. I'd be mad at you right Jim, now. You're telling me you don't want to hear some Migos? Oh, God. <laughs> if this was a real draft, I would be annoyed. I'm just saying. Oh, uh, why? Not a real, Greg, it's a mock draft. And if this was a real draft, I'd just I didn't preface even, that. You know, I, I didn't even have to reveal that to you. Well, you, you did. Now be, I'm going to reveal it to everybody. You should you just be happy that I told you the truth. I'm, I'm going to tell everybody the truth. Sure. So we're doing a mock draft, as you know. We're going to it after Jim breaks down the Saints and the Eagles. I promise. And then Jim's going to tell you that he would have taken Cooper Cup anyway. You don't know that. So Jim wanted... So Actually, I would have taken Cooper Cup. Boom to the moon, that. Greg. <laughs> Suck it. I'll make you, make you feel a little bit better. Sorry, Greg. But the point, the point was, before we left work, I was looking at who was left. I said, oh, man, I really hope Julian Edelman or Cooper Cup fall. I mean, that's who I want. And Frank's like, oh, yeah, it's a really good pick there. I'm like, all right, cool. So then Julian Edelman went, and then you pick Cooper Cup. I'm like, oh, my God, that sucks. Like, both of them were gone. I got to totally pivot. And then Frank just reveals me during the break that you were going to sleep, so you wanted Julian Edelman, and then Frank's like, all right, I'll just give him Cooper Cup because it's like kind of the same thing. And I was like, wait a minute. Well, those were, those <laughs> you were the knew players I wanted I was that deb- guy. Those were the players I was debating at my pick, too. So I was like, who's the yeah, next? I mean, who's there, the there really wasn't anybody else. Edelman? Yeah, there really wasn't anybody else. Um, I, I would have done exactly that because Coop Cup was the other one uh, in, in my that I was looking at. Who was it? it? Was Edelman and somebody else that I didn't think had been drafted? Galladay, and he went with the first pick oh, in the fourth round. Uh, okay, um, so yeah, I was looking at those two first, but yeah, Cup would have been the next one once I saw those two were out. So, but the one thing I do know is that there's no way I would do this again. Uh, going with Kittle in the third round after starting two running backs. I, I love Cup, but I don't like him as n- my number one. Yeah, I mean, I was just looking at your team. It's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like well, the, mean, the running right? backs. I, I love, you know, Kamara and Johnson to sure. start, but then I wanted to see what it would look like with Kittle. And, you know, that's what mock drafts are for. You take a chance. You see how it looks after after you're done. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> especially mock drafts. That's exactly what I did. Especially mock drafts. That's exactly what I did. You know, if we're just going to run through teams, right, I took running backs in th- with three of my first four picks. In hindsight, I took on Johnson uh, in the fourth round, who would have been my flex running back, and I should have taken a wide receiver there. Like, I should have taken Edelman or Cooper Cup as my wide receiver, too. Instead... I found out that if I wait till the fifth round to get my wide receiver two, I end up with a guy like Chris Godwin, who is who I just took. But I, I don't. I actually I don't like really, Godwin. It was between Lockett and Godwin for me at my pick. I like I like Godwin, but do I love him as my wide receiver two? Like I probably want someone a little bit safer. For that. I would think so too. You, you like him as a wide receiver three for sure. I love him. Look, yeah, I love him as my wide Jackson, receiver three. If Deshaun Jackson is out with Bruce Arians there, I, man, I think this offense is going to be great. Uh, you know, it's going to come down to Winston not making mistakes. But look how good this offense was this year. With Arians there, I, you know, he, you know he loves to go down the field and go down the field. I think that's going to play right into Godwin's hands. So, you know, I don't have any problem with him going in the fifth round this year. And, Jim, I tweeted this out the other day, drink, that um, 
under Bruce Arians, the Cardinals offense, Carson Palmer was like QB six overall. Larry Fitzgerald, it was that one season, it was 2015, where like everything hit for the Cardinals offense. And Larry Fitzgerald was wide receiver seven, and John Brown was wide receiver 26. So I just thought to myself, you kind of put the pieces in place. Like if James Winston can perform like a top 12 quarterback, why can't Mike Evans be a, a top 10 wide receiver and Chris Godwin be close to a top 25 wide receiver? Like I think the blueprint is there for them perfectly. Yeah, I can't argue. I agree, totally agree. I've always been a big Bruce Arians fan. So, you know, uh, look, we saw what they did on, on offense this year. Offense wasn't the problem. Defense was. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that. So they need to do things there. But with Arians running this offense, man, I, man I'm looking for big things. And they had big things this year. What, first eight weeks? Uh, I'm pretty sure almost every week a Tampa Bay quarterback was top five. Okay, Jim, before we continue on with – the mock draft and going into it, and you're absolutely right what Tampa Bay could be here this year. I do want to, before we get away from it, I want to make sure we get your thoughts on that last game during the playoffs. Mock draft, it's going to be here. The next one's mock draft will be here. But I want to, but this game, it, it's over in two days. The Eagles, the Saints. Does Nick Foles do it again? <laughs> Nick Foles magic, baby. Um, and it's so hard to go into New Orleans and beat New Orleans. I don't think he does. Um, I think it's a tighter game than people are thinking, and that's why I'm taking the eight points. But I just I don't see it. I think Nick Foles comes up a little short in this one. You know, if they get out to a shootout, I'm taking Breeze over Foles every day, um, and the you know twice on Sunday. So um, absolutely, I, I think Foles is a good DFS play if you want to save some money. I, I think he's going to put the ball in the air a lot. I mean, you're looking at a game where they'd be lucky if they run 15 times. Probably looking at, you know, 50 pass attempts in this one. So I I think he's going to be a a valuable play in DFS, but I I don't think he's got enough or this team has enough to take down the Saints in New Orleans. And I think Jim's analysis of what the Eagles' offensive game plan is going to be is is spot on because they haven't been able to run the football the past couple of weeks. At all. And the Saints have been very stout against the run all year long. So you'd expect with with the uh, with the spread the way that it is the Saints are laying eight points in the Superdome this week that the Eagles will be playing from behind they're gonna have to throw the ball a bunch which means that there's opportunity to buy here for some of these uh, some of these guys in the passing attack for DFS whether it's you know, Zach Ertz tougher matchup but should see targets uh, Golden Tate in the slot uh, scored the game winning touchdown last week against the Bears Alshon Jeffrey has played better with Nick Foles as the quarterback is there anyone else I'm missing uh, do you like Nelson Aguilar I don't I don't know Jim. Aguilar, you know, he could get involved, but it's so iffy at that point. You know, I mean, if you want to take a flyer on him, I can't fault you for that. But it's not like he's a main part of the game plan. Usually what we've been seeing out of him is just usually a play breaks down, he breaks open, and then they go to him. It's not like he's really a huge part of the game plan where they're looking to him to, to get the football to him, you know, on a consistent basis. And I just don't trust that. So I was looking at, um, or trying to look at the price. You you were talking about not being able to run the ball, guys, and, and who you could, who the cheap one is. Um, I was trying to find the cheapest plays in this game, and you mentioned Ted Ginn. I wish any of the wide receivers uh, would work. Other the other wide receivers, I should say, uh, would work for New Orleans. I don't love Nelson Aguilar. Is there any love, guys? I know this is bottom of the barrel stuff, but like. It's been Watson's last year, right? It's his last year. He's at home. He's not Throw that to Jim Day because he's been the Ben Watson guy since before the season. I'm, so I'm trying to find. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find the price, and I can't 
fight a fan duel. Greg's reaching not, here. He's reaching for 2,900. Well, 2,900 yeah. on DraftKings. I'm not sure on FanDuel. Um, 2,900 on, on DraftKings. I, I, finally, I finally got the slate correct, which is nice. All right. Uh, Watson is $5,000 on FanDuel, which is comparable with guys like Hunter Henry. It's 4,900. Uh, Gerald Everett is 4,800. Those are two names that are in the same range, Greg. I, I'd rather take a shot on Everett or Hunter Henry over Ben Watson. Fair enough. I'd take a shot on Dallas Goddard over Ben Watson. That's a name we haven't heard. That is a name we haven't heard. You're right. $5,600. He's a little bit more expensive than those guys, but did score a touchdown a week ago. You know, I'm wondering, just from like a dynasty perspective and for keeper leagues for the future, I mean, the Eagles have a good problem on their hands. Zach Ertz is not going away, but I do think that Dallas Goddard is going to be worked more into the game plan. I know he was a player that you liked a lot this year. Uh, just kind of I like, still like him a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I, I heard you guys, when I'm downstairs, I hear you guys talk all the time, and I know that you're going to be on Goddard. I think if you have this guy from like a dynasty or keeper perspective, he's going to be working Older. more into the game plan for years to come. Oh, absolutely. This kid is going to be a beast. He is just a beast, especially in the red zone. Oh, absolutely. You know, and if Ertz gets injured at all, this kid is going to be a major step right into tight end one talk right away. He's just that good. Um, I... I love this kid coming out. I love the fact that he landed on the Eagles because I, I'm, you know, Ertz is great. I'm not taking anything away from Ertz, but with you know the price that they got to pay him, next contract, if Goddard steps up even a little bit, Ertz is probably gone. Jim, do you see a scenario where Goddard starts to impede into the fantasy production of Zach Ertz more than we realize? Because right, we're gonna we're doing this mock right now. I think Zach Ertz even come draft season. He's going to be like a late second, early third round pick. Like that, that's a very high price tag to pay for a tight end. Is there a chance that Goddard kind of like impedes his value next year? Even not really impedes. He'll he'll get his own shots and he'll get his games. But you know, Ertz is still right now. He's the number one target on that team. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do at wide receiver next year. Whether they keep Golden Tate, what else they bring in or get rid of. That's going to be the real telltale sign for me is, you know, if they don't really improve those wide receiver positions or get Tate more involved, because I, I love Golden Tate. I think he's a great receiver. The fact that they haven't used him enough is just ludicrous to me. Why trade for the guy and then not use him? Uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, but I think they do work him in if they keep him. Uh, I think all of that comes to play. If they have, you know, three wide receivers that they can count on that they feel strongly enough, then he's going to be a little less. It'll be on Earth's for the most part. But if those wide receivers falter, then I think we see a lot more 12 personnel out of him again. And I do think he starts to become more of the game plan. I was noticing by looking at this game, Darren Sproles is $5,400 on FanDuel. Um, Naheem Hines is 5200 Given that they can't run the ball. Jim, do you want to pop out Naheem Hines for Darren Sproles? Um, you know, I, I would in some instances. I just think that Sproles has a better matchup then, I mean, Hines has a better matchup than Sproles. Um, it, look, Sproles, Sproles has always been that guy that comes out of nowhere and puts up big games, you know, when you're not really looking for it. And I can't fault anybody for wanting to take that that bit on, on Sproles, you know, trying him instead of Hines. But, again, that, to me, that's a lot of recency bias, especially after last week's zero from Hines, like you're saying, Greg. And a lot of people are going to feel the same way. They don't want him this week after the zero last week. Last week it was just game script. It you know didn't play the way 
they expected and he didn't have to be involved. I don't think that's going to be the case this week. I think, again, I said it before, I'll say it again, I think it's going to be all hands on deck. And any way we can move the ball, that's what we're going for in a game that's going to be very high scoring. So I, I think he's probably in line to catch four or five balls, uh, you know, for you know, 40, 50 yards and maybe even get a, a couple of runs involved and get you over that double-digit points. Yeah, I I'm looking at it, and we talk about these cheap plays and dart throws, and you mentioned Josh Reynolds a bunch and Ted Ginn, too. And I see Darren Sproles' price, and we talked about that he can't run the ball. He's going to be in there the whole game. Like He's going to be on the field the whole game. on the goal line. Let's remember. Twice! The, two, the fi- two carries! The final drive before they threw it to Golden Tate, they ran him twice inside the two-yard line to try and score with him there. It's not prototypical, but, you know, he's smaller. He's shiftier, so he can fit between the linemen. It's harder to see him, so... I mean, I kind of understand it. This is Doug Peterson at his finest, man. Like, you're going to try and game plan for him, but, you know, you never really know what he's going to do. Um, the revenge game. Throw that out there. Darren Sproles' revenge game. Drew Brees loves him. This is the best teammate he's ever had. It's true. I saw, yeah, I saw that exact quote. If I had to choose one between Sproles and Hines, I'm probably going to go with Sproles. Just because he's on the field more? Just because what I've seen the past couple of weeks, I trust a little bit more. But I I think they're in the same conversation. Like, I can see a scenario where, you know, if the Colts are chasing points, Naheem Hines is on the field and catches, you know, five five to six balls. But I think Sproles could be on the field the most of any of these guys for the Eagles because they're going to be chasing points. And whenever they're chasing points, it's Sproles. And it's in New Orleans, like you said, where Sproles perhaps had his greatest success. If this is possibly Sproles' last season, he'll be on the field a lot. I like Darren Sproles a lot. We'll probably use him in our fan duel, Frank, just so you know. Well, then you should. Absolutely. If that's how you feel about it, you got to follow that. You, you know, don't go against your gut. Yeah. Your money where your mouth is, Greg. Well, speaking of that, going back to the mock draft here for a moment, because we're talking about Naeem Hines, I was deciding my fourth pick overall, but which running back I was going to go with. And I was between Marlon Mack, Leonard Fournette, and Sonny Michelle. And watching this offensive line, I know we talk about playoff bias a lot when you come in drafts, and it's mm-hmm. clearly fresh in our minds in January, but knowing how good this Colts offensive line is and is becoming, I grab Marlon Mack as my RB2. What do you guys think? Uh, I, I like Mack. I got no problem with Mack. It, 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 the biggest problem I have is, you know, especially this early, is if I'm looking for running backs, I want pass-catching running backs. I just do. Um, you know, I, I, I only play in PPR leagues, just so everybody's clear on that. Um, so I'm always looking for pass catching backs, but I got no problem with Mac behind that offensive line, the way he ran this year, uh, he's had some great, great runs and, you know, I can't fault you for that pick at all. I, cool. I like him more than I like Sony Michelle. I, I have both of them. I know you do. <laughs> but you ended up with Michelle as your flex. Uh, I, I think your mind was in the right place. I wouldn't have taken Leonard Fournette. I, I, know, you, I know you didn't like him. I'm not going to want anything to do with Leonard Fournette. I understand you're getting a huge discount on him this year. The fourth round of this mock draft, I've kind of seen him in the same range in other mock drafts already as well. Uh, he was a guy who was getting drafted in the first round this year, but I think him falling down this far is warranted. We have to see what the Jaguars do. Uh, did they sign Todd Monken as their OC? I have not seen that yet. I haven't seen, I haven't that, seen yet that yet. Either. So you got to see what happens with the OC, who they bring in as a quarterback. I wouldn't be surprised if they draft a rookie quarterback. So that won't help Leonard Fournette either. Greg, did you ever give any consideration to Tariq Cohen? Because it is PPR. While he, you know, he's kind of inconsistent, but he's one of these guys that has huge upside on a game-to-game basis. Where you know, on any given day, he could catch eight or ten balls. I didn't to be honest with you, because I thought that a guy like Marlon Mack or Leonard Fournette, and to a lesser degree, Sonny Michelle, were more primary ball carriers or just on the field more. 
And I thought like Mac does contribute in the passing game, not what Tariq Cohen does, ideally. But Tariq Cohen's always going to be 1B. And I thought that even though it's PPR league, that bothered me. So that's why I never really considered Cohen at the spot. Jim, what do you think about where Tariq Cohen went? Because I, th- I think he's going to be kind of a polarizing player, someone who's a little bit harder to figure out next year, just based on that inconsistency. I think he's a better best ball player because you draft him and you forget about it, and whenever he has these monster games, he'll be in your lineup. But, I mean, trying to figure out when to get him in there and when not to, I mean, the last pick of the fourth round, what do you think about that? Yeah, I was a big fan of that. Th- those last two picks of the fourth round, Fournette and Cohen, are probably two guys I'm going to shy away from unless they fall you know, at least a round later. Uh, probably a little bit more. I, I mean, I'd take Cohen in the sixth as my running back three. Um, you know, and, and he got him as his running back three. Uh, that's fine, but not round four. Again, just too inconsistent for me in round four. And Fournette, man, I, I just I don't want any piece of Fournette this year. I'm I'm separate than either of you guys. Like, I will probably take another shot of Fournette. You saw that he cleared the air with Tom Coughlin, a.k.a. like you're not going anywhere. I mean, we're not cutting you, and you're going to be here, so deal with it. Is clear the air like French for got a new foot or something, Greg, that I don't know about? No. I don't. He's still going to have the foot, the same foot and ankle that he's had his whole life. Definitely, but I think the discount is very good. This is a guy who has averaged under four yards per carry consistently throughout his career. He's he's a value oh, play. You need him to get twenty five carries. Well, we used to say that about Gordon. Dude, too. consistently on his career, where he missed ten games this year and a bunch and a bunch of games in his first year. That's his whole career. It's not like I mean, you're proving my point. Well, he doesn't play, Greg. <laughs> he doesn't play. If he can play, though, I think if, if if it's the fourth round, man, good discount. Yeah, if Darius Geis is 100% healthy and he's the main running back on the Redskins, he went in the fifth round. That could be a great pick, too. If and if. And if. if, and if. <laughs> Both LSU running backs, too. It'd be interesting. I have Darius Geis in a keeper league. I think I could keep him for like a 12th or 13th round pick. Pretty excited about that. Jim Day. Yeah, that's been, not bad. It has been fun hanging out with you this week. Feel free to help on the BFFs anytime, man. Hey, anytime you guys need help, just give it a shout. I'd love to come on yeah. your show and do, do, do it up with you guys. There you go. When you get sick of your boy and the executive, you know, you know where to find us. For Jim Day and Frankie Stample, I'm Greg Sussman. Have fun this week, everybody. Good luck, and we'll see you Monday. We hope. Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7 Fantasy Sports Radio Network.